0: Speaking of Reliability, a podcast with good friends talking with you about reliability engineering topics. Welcome to Speaking of Reliability. This is Fred Schinkelberg.
1: And this is Chris Jackson. And Fred and I were just starting to talk about the 2023 rendition of the reliability availab- of no, reliability and maintainability symposium
0: you know that I, I I've seen it like it's been what 50 60 years they've been running this thing 70 years and that the acronym has changed a couple of times over the years is you know it was at once availability was in there I saw that in one one version of it yeah and it might have been a mistake by whoever was setting up that day's you know Promotional stuff, but uh, right. Who knows? But um, now, nah, well,
1: it could be. I mean, RAM is a well-known reliability, availability, and maintainability acronym across the industry. So I know I've made that mistake, especially especially early on, yeah. in my RAM's career. But yeah. um, but I do remember
0: that the they got a letter from the Rams. I think it was the Los Angeles Rams football team, um, saying that. Um, they needed to be careful not to trot on their copyright or trademark or whatever, something like that. And um, apparently they ended up with a couple lawyers talking and and said, well, I don't think there's any confusion. There's a bunch of reliability engineer types that hang out and talk about technology and papers and failure rates and stuff like that. And you guys play football. So I don't think it's going to be a problem. And so they all agreed to, to agree. Yeah.
1: I concur. There is not even a passing resemblance to anything athletic. Uh,
0: yeah, is yeah. that pun intended? <laughs> nope. nope. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so anyway, the, the, the conference drives on, and, and, and um, I'm looking for uh, where they're going to do their call for papers, so we can get it up on the site and let people know where, where they can... Do their thing. It's still pretty much a paper-driven tutorial-infested. I think this year I saw a bunch of notices that they had a a CRE uh, track, uh, which I didn't get a lot of details on, except it was a looked like one conference room that was full time, one topic after another for the whole conference. Um, I got a note from the newsletter from the ASQ's, I think it's Reliability and Risk Division saying it was a great conference, brilliant papers, all other stuff, which kind of contradicts our earlier conversation about what you were seeing there. So it's like, what's going
1: on? Yeah. I mean, we all, look, and I I suppose, spoiler alert, some of the things at least I'm going to be talking about aren't particularly complimentary of RAMS, the, the organization itself. Um, You, uh, we know that the board and the management committee are scratching their heads as to why they're not getting nearly as many papers as they used to. Um, the Rams attendees, let's just call it the it's sort of people have been there for more than one season, they know exactly why their papers aren't coming through the way they used to. Um, and it points to a bigger issue, really the leadership of the, the organisation is, is you've got a board of directors who are isolated from the rest of the uh, conference because they don't want to be part of the conference. That's uh, as simple as that. And then we can talk about all the issues that emanate from that. But the reality is they, um, uh, let's be honest, they see themselves as uh, as this is their little little holiday. We barely see them. It's the management committee who aren't the board of directors who do all the work. And with their own private functions going on and their, extra size rooms that they get as perks for, for, uh, for uh, signing the contracts with, from the hotels. It's just it's not a good culture. There's very much a small group of people who, who, on the board who enjoy this sort of thing. Their families get rooms even. and uh, It's starting to leave a very sour taste in the mouths of a lot of regular attendees because it used to be about the conference and the quality of the papers and everything else, but it's not anymore.
0: Well, I, I take it it hasn't changed then since I was involved with all that stuff. It, um, I mean, do they still do the, you know, the banquet where you have a, a paid bar uh, for the attendees that, that you have to wait outside? And then when you walk in, the, the the management team and the board of directors are all already inside and seated at all the best tables.
1: Um, Correct, yeah, in their tuxedos, um, yeah so everyone else is in just say casual business, and you have the board of directors in tuxedos
0: yeah, and they have a private open bar or I guess it's called open bar, a cocktail party prior, they're off in some other room, and they one of the jobs of the management committee is in the hotel is figure out a secret way to get into the to the banquet without having to go through the masses and I like, absolutely what you're
1: asking me for what. <laughs> And that's and that's the heart of it. there's there's uh, you have people who are making the key strategic decisions who have got no idea what the sentiment across the um, uh, across the wider group is. Um, there's no constitution or anything like that which um, says what good and bad performance is. I mean this year's hotel was in a mall. You know shopping mall. Now, how the hell does that attract, you know, people who? And there's multiple reliability conferences across the world. If one's on a beach in Hawaii, versus one in a mall in Florida, and people are umming and arguing about which one to go to, it's the one in Hawaii, or the it's just or the <laughs> one which has some more, you know, more more entertainment to it. Is it? Oh, don't get me wrong, my, my it's not as if that's my only complaint about what's going on, but it's just one of the many symptoms about how we have a clear divergence between the board of directors and what they want and what the rest of the attendees want in terms of quality and, and, and papers and tutorials and things like that. Uh, I know that um, they are scratching their heads as to, as to wondering why uh, a lot of paper authors are withdrawing their papers after the second review and the reason being is because the review committee aren't doing their job and it's not the fact that authors are are pulling their papers. It's because the review committee essentially after the first round of reviews, uh, they'll just simply say, oh, it's still not up to speed or it's still not a good quality paper. You need to keep making changes. What are those changes Uh, as per the first first round uh, round of reviews? But I've already responded to those and I've already got a blurb for each each one of those issues. I've addressed them. Um, which ones have I addressed? Which ones haven't I addressed? Which ones do I need to address further? Which ones do we have just a difference in philosophy, which means we can then discuss it? Oh no, no, you just you just haven't haven't done what you need to do, and <laughs> without any guidance like that, you just can't proceed. And there are a number <laughs> of people who I know who have written papers, myself included, who simply said, "Well, I can't." I'm not going to throw a dart over my shoulder and you tell me if it hits a dartboard or not. I don't have time to deal with this nonsense. Do your job, tell me what the issue is, and we can talk about it. But if you're not telling me what the issue is, then the paper stands as is. And of course, that after that happens, um, the uh, paper reviewer says author reviewed paper, uh, withdrew paper, which is just clearly not true. And it's fundamentally because we have too many reviewers who would have simply got their own view, on well, own worldview. On what should be written and what shouldn't be written, and if it doesn't align with their worldview, they don't like it and they say no. And if you say, well, this this is how how I this is my my paper, this expresses expresses my thoughts, well, so if you don't change it, I'm not going to be accepted. Well, I can't change it because you don't tell me what you can't tell me what's wrong with it. Apart from you don't like it, oh, therefore you're withdrawing it, etc., etc., etc. So i have got this very toxic um, review process, amongst other things. The board of directors who don't speak to anybody don't understand what's really going on and we're seeing year after year fewer and fewer papers being submitted there are plenty of uh annual paper writers who just don't do it anymore myself included i just don't have the time to to waste with with idiots um I'm a parent. I got. I only have a certain amount of time to deal with idiots during the well, during tailored hours. I've got kids.
0: Yeah. No. If it's I'll, any. I'll if it's uh-huh. any condolences to you, Chris, is years and years ago I wrote a paper for him, and the paper got accepted. In the review process was pretty benign. It was. Um, wasn't a big, huge process. But then, in I think it was in September or something like that, they wanted the presentations to review those. So I sent them a typical presentation I do, which has got like three words on it, you know, and maybe a graphic. You know, there's not information dense. I always considered the papers or the presentations to be a support for the presentation, which is the heart of it. And if you really want to dive into it, read the paper. I'm not going to reprint the paper on my slides, right. which you do see quite a few of. And they wrote back, says your presentation is not acceptable. There's no content in it. And I sent back to them the guidelines that they had made available for how to create your presentation is use large fonts visible from the back of the room, don't crowd your slides, you know, do this, do that one concept per slide, everything else, and sent that back to him and said, I'm only following your guidelines, <laughs> unlike most of the presentations I've seen in past RAMs. <clears throat> and that got rejected. Well, I happened to know who was the chair of the you know the, that particular committee for that year, and wrote to them, and, and they said, "No you're all right you, you're fine <laughs> Right. but it was I knew who to call you know to, uh, that's
1: it yeah but if I, it was
0: it. it wasn't like it's not acceptable there's not there's no content there and I says, well, that's kind of opposite of what you're asking for, but there were so many um Different little things about Rams that just irked me, and I know uh, got under your skin a couple of times. It's like uh, doing the Pledge of Allegiance at the banquet. Hopefully, they stop that.
1: They did stop that. Oh, is, actually, good. I must say this year's banquet was a breath of fresh air because the, the keynote speaker was what's his name? Don. Uh, I forget his name. He's a former Silicon Valley engineer, but now a stand-up comedian. Um, and he was hilarious. he was funny. yeah he, uh, he actually knew some of the people there for at least worked in the in the um, in labs that some of the people had worked in previously, which is fantastic. Years gone by, they just had random um, random people turn up. I remember we had an essentially a former astronaut talk turn up and just talk about flying planes in the air Force and stuff like that, which is you know on the surface of it, interesting, but this is a reliability symposium. It's just why are we spending so much money on this? person? I mean, no one, its not adding to the reliability um, body of knowledge. You walk away from the symposium with a couple of years ago. It was just a guy who started his own aircraft industry aircraft company, I should say, and he just talked about. He just gave us a biography of what he did, and he go, how is this adding value to my life? It's not. Um, the good chunk of my registration money is going towards paying him to come here. Why? Why are we dealing with these? These. Uh, peripheral experts which aren't talking to the key topic or the key reason why we're here which brings me to my next point is you have the board of directors just label um each rams with a certain theme but then do absolutely nothing to make the next symposium have anything to do with that theme I remember the last uh, model-based systems engineering was in Arizona, not Arizona, Palm Springs. And a lot of companies sent their people for the first time to Rams ever because they wanted to learn how to make reliability a part of model-based systems engineering or vice versa. But there was no real, (laughs) it was just, yeah. Yeah, the opening presentation
0: didn't talk about it. The the panels didn't talk about it. There was no track of papers that talked about it.
1: You know, no, the, and, and these people were angry, like especially the managers because they they had a. The, some of the the lower level employees didn't matter too much because there's nothing they could do. So they had a you know four four day paid holiday at Palm Springs, but the managers who have a finite conference and training budget, who I was speaking to, were just visibly angry and essentially accusing the committee of theft, because it's false advertising in a way, um, just to try and get people to turn up and then not have the promised product on hand when they do arrive. And now we've got those people who leave the conference symposium, I should say, they have a really bad experience. And if they're gonna, if anyone asks them in the future, what what's this Rams all about? They're gonna have a very emotional visceral reaction to it, which is going to make it even harder to to get people and then papers moving forward. It's just all bad. And it starts with the board of directors who are essentially taking the money and splurging on themselves and their family with all the, all the hotel kickbacks and just don't turn up. They have their own private functions, don't turn up. They have no idea what's going on with the sentiment of the organisation. They just have their own meetings and just complain bitterly and admire problems, but they don't even know what's going on because they don't want to. They're just not those people. Well, you know, need I, to go.
0: I, you know, I was on the management committee, I don't know, almost 15 years or at least 10 years like a lost track they kind of blur together and the board of directors do and they're representatives from the different i think there's currently eight different organizations that sponsor rams and they kick in a little bit of money and then they have representatives from those organizations that tend to stay on that committee for as long as they want once they get appointed um yep and then they um they hold meetings during Rams about, well, where's the next Rams going to be, or what's the contract, what's the hotel we're going to pick for the next time we're on the East Coast. or And they have presentations, and then they have uh, how's the budget looking, and, and they do all kinds of weird stuff like that. I don't know exactly what all those meetings are for uh, or what they're about, but they, and then they spear off every now and then, to use one of your terms, Chris, is they... Um, Many of the board members also then have uh, best paper for their different organizations. They have all these different, you know, best paper or best presentation or this or that thing. So they go off and judge stuff like that. They show up in a in a room for a a paper or a presentation, and then they're out of there to the next one and so on. So they're they're busy. They definitely are busy. It doesn't mean they have to do it while they're there. Um, They could pick a hotel. I, I always had the contention that they shouldn't be picking a new hotel every time. They should pick one chain and go to the same place because a good amount of the headaches of setting up and running the conference is figuring out how to put it in that space. And If you mm-hmm. find a conference center that ha- meets your needs, um, just go back there. <laughs> I've been involved with other conferences that do that, and it saves them, one, a ton of money because you can do a longer-term contract with one group. And two, you know the space, you know the staff; it's easy. It just is straight easy, and you don't need forty people micromanaging every detail of it. You could probably do it with three people, um, as I've witnessed other large conferences done that way. Um, so, I, I it, 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 but it's got a long history being run by a, a committee, and we know how well committees work, so
1: right and the um the, the the reason why that will never happen why you describe it have a long-term contract is because and let well, me cat out of the bag the hotels clamber for these sorts of conferences having 600 to 1,000 people turn up and pay uh, for accommodation is is absolute gravy for hotels and so what they try to do is influence the decision makers with kickbacks um, they'll splurge them with trips across the, the US, uh, free rooms for their family when they do pick up the uh, hotel or they do turn up, pick their hotel, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it's in the interest of the select group and the board of directors to have essentially hotels um, bidding for their time, uh, bidding for their, sorry, attendance year after year. Because every time there is a bidding process, they get these, let's call them bribes, <laughs> they're flat out bribes. In any other country, uh, if we were looking at any other country or any other so-called third world country, we'd say, oh, that's very clear corruptions, bribes, conflict of interest and everything else. And that happens. And so the more times you get hotels fighting for your business, the more kickbacks you get. So what you're saying, Fred, will never happen, which is why, uh, going back to the fact there's no constitution, there should be a constitution which says you aren't allowed to ever receive any sort of free services or free things from the hotels if you're part of the selection committee. That's, that is a uh, clear no-no. If you found out to have ever done that, you'll be removed forthwith. Um, there needs to be more transparency. What, bo- what rooms do the board of directors get when they turn up? And I've seen, for example, two-story apartments given to board of director members, uh, essentially free. And it's just obscene. And that's where registration money is going towards. It's always a kickback of the, all these bribes that are happening. And so, yeah, I fully agree that you should find some, you know, even if it's not uh, the same hotel, but the same hotel chain, get them to bid for once, once for five years. You'll get some. You obviously uh, have some benefits in terms of economy on scale, and economy on scale, get some discounts, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, et cetera. But that's for the benefit of the con- uh, symposium, not for the benefit of the individuals and the board of directors who, as you correctly point out, essentially only get removed once they die, which is the next issue. There's no voting. There's no uh, there's no meritocracy. It's, it's, if you somehow claw your way or sit on that board of directors representing um, society X Y Z, he, uh, unless you die or perhaps murder someone, you're not getting off that board. Which is not how the real world should work. And it's this is why we well, have Well, it's not
0: issues. not totally true. I did fire one when I was the chair of the reliability division. Um, <laughs> we asked him to step away, um, but it. And it was the conflict of interest. He was looking at Rams to promote his own business. And I'm like, yeah, that's it. Buy a booth, you know, go to the trade show. Right. <laughs> you know, not, uh, put up posters in all the rooms that, you know, tout your business. I don't think that's the idea here, guys. Um, but it's one of those things that the, the various committees that support Rams or, or I and, and, ASQ and then the others, um, the conference is a moneymaker for them, most years, not every year. Um, the one when everything got locked down uh, and nobody was traveling, it was a, a tougher year to make any money. But the idea is is that the, the conference in and of itself is the management team of it and the board of directors are under a, a nonprofit. And so they... Zero-sum game every year. So every year they go to the different eight sponsoring groups and say, hey, we need some money to seed this thing and get it started. And they wrote one of their bylaws or one of their objectives is to double the return. So you get a, a, a if you put in $5,000, you're going to get back the 5000 10000 And it used to be a break-even back to the organizations. And they says, no, we, we're not going to support it if it's just break-even. You, we have to make money. And so there's no free lunches. There's no, you know, uh, breakfast I've uh, made available for the symposium uh, attendees. The, there's one thing after another, it gets stripped away. And I went to a, a similar size conference that was more aimed at the, at the maintenance world. And all of that extra money didn't go back to the organizers. They, they ran it to break even and the difference in the perks and the benefits and the quality of the entire operation was for the attendees benefit. And so it was because they had the money to do it. And, and I somewhere along the line and I don't, it was before my time, that got lost. It was seen as a, a money generator. And, and unfortunately it drives a lot of really poor decisions in my, my opinion, but um, they, I have often heard, and I stepped away from the conference when I heard I was getting into a spot where I could start making changes and make differences. And I thought, I don't want to take on that battle. It's, it's a volunteer position and I don't want the headache. So moving on, go do something mm-hmm. else. But um, yeah, no, that's uh hope- You know, I, I, very much doubt that we'll get board of directors, the current management committee team and senior leadership of that group to, to respond to this uh, basically a rant. <laughs> but yeah. and, but it, I think they have to make changes and substantial operational changes to, to actually improve the conference for the people that go there to benefit. And like you said, Chris, is why is there a team of oh, close to 50 people that are, many are just volunteers. Um, and when you first get in the committee, it's like, oh, I get to help with, you know, selecting papers and doing stuff like that. And it really doesn't need that many people. No.
1: no I mean, so, uh, again, it's all about... You talk about conflict of interest it's why should we be making money for these um, uh, for, the, for these uh, societies I mean ballpark how, how much does each society give do you reckon well
0: i i'd have to look it up if I even still have that paperwork, but it was on the order of like five thousand dollars in so that's times eight in right, so or it might be you know, and that's enough to enter contracts with the the auto the um, audio visual team and for the photographer mm-hmm. or videographer. Or the you know, with the hotel, get them started, <clears throat> make the early payments, that kind of stuff. And then, as the registration fees start coming in, then they can pay off the other bills, which is very very common. There's the seed money, and then there's okay. bills as that come up, and the registrations start to cover those. And then there's the final bill with the hotel Um, in. So it's, and then where the profit is, is they, you know, it's the balance between uh, uh, where do they spend money? Where do they have commitments with the hotels contract, all that kind of stuff. And then at the end of the day, they, after a couple of weeks after the conference, they close the books and disperse the funds back to the uh, sponsoring committees or societies. And um, sometimes they can get quite a bit of money um, because I think w- there was one in, in Nevada that was deemed one of the most profitable ever and they were getting like $30,000, $40,000 back each.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it, you know, we're in a casino. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh and it's,
1: it's just wrong. It's just wrong because then it turns into...
0: Uh, it's not a nonprofit in mindset right. at that point.
1: And that, that means that the decision to drop registration fees to allow more access is is completely goes against the uh, what the board members get personally rewarded for. Um, and so it's, it's just an awful, awful situation. I mean, I, I, I don't want to drop too many names. I'm sure they'd be more than happy to, to rant in the similar vein we have if we got them on. But until they give us that permission, I won't drop their names and the names I would drop most people would be very well aware of them in the, in the reliability committee, uh, sorry, industry, I should say. But it, it's it's all the same sentiment. We talked about the reduction of quality over the years. We got board of directors who treat this as their holiday play thing. They're there to make money for their societies. They're there not to reinvest that money into quality, into improving the conference. Um, the management committee, they're the ones who work hard. They're the volunteers who work hard, but essentially they have precious little executive say over anything. They're, they're the ones who get work to the bone. Um, it, it's, it is awful. And it is a, it is a recipe for failure. and a number of times I've been at conversations at this Ram they say, why don't you organize a, a new, a, a different competing symposium? I'll be honest. That's that sort of thing sounds very appealing to me professionally and personally, because there needs to be a preeminent, um, symposium like activity for liability stuff. But that needs to come along with whoever's in charge, a board who aren't, they need, to, they do need to get remunerated in a way for their time within reason. And they're not, I mean, they're not charities, but they also need to maintain the volunteer spirit. There shouldn't be any sort of, um, uh, it, should, it should be entirely non-profit. That seed money of 40K, you, do you know what? I reckon if we were to go across the people we know in the industry and say, would you like to donate to a... Symposium XYZ Trust, here's, a, here's the, um, uh, the trust documents which say how the money can and can't be spent. It's essentially the seed money each year and blah, blah, blah. I reckon we get 40K in a heartbeat. Um, but, and, and there is, and look at tutorials as well. Tutorials, is, it is, tutorials are given to, many tutorials are given to friends of the management committee slash board of directors because they're as to as become a tutorial presenter you don't have to pay registration. And I'm full disclosure, I am a tutorial presenter, but I would also argue that I take that very seriously. I've always got good feedback with the audio visual stuff. And and it's actually a presentation like you say, Fred, it's not a bunch of dot points on a PowerPoint slide that I turn around and look at every time I forget what the next thing I need to say is. Um, And the feedback that myself and Carl get for our tutorials is just awesome. It really is awesome. It also means that when we get that feedback, they also, the attendees also uh, spill, their, spill the beans on their thoughts regarding the other tutorials as well. We just know there's a huge systemic problem that the current structure and strategy and philosophy of this symposium is not geared towards resolving anytime soon. It's just sad.
0: Yeah, well. So it goes if you've listening to this if you bend the rams you know let us know what's your take on it what do you think needs to change or what needs to be kept what needs to happen and uh, you know what's your take on it um if you've gone to a really great conference that was all around good educational experience good uh, networking opportunities good you know uh, uh, content and operation of it um which one was that? Which ones you know stand out? Let's talk about the ones that are doing a good job and and get those uh, in the in the uh, in the airways here, so others can learn about it and have options that they should really consider. Um, so let us know. Head over to ascendo dot com slash go slash sor. Chris and I, like the other hosts of the show, are available through LinkedIn or our about pages over at Ascendo. So we look forward to hearing from you and might even see you at a conference in the future.
1: Really? Rant over.
0: Rant over, yeah. Thanks, Chris. (laughs) Got that off your chest today. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening to Speaking of Reliability. We invite you to join the conversation if you have a question or a topic that you think we should discuss in a future show please let us know. You can find a comment box below the episode show notes or just leave a note as part of a review on iTunes.